The F1 pod on Off The Ball. Surprised by the comments from the FIA that they want more teams and less races. Over the last few years, all we've done is add races. So that less race comment in particular is an interesting Listen to one. the F1 pod on Off The Ball for free, wherever you get your podcasts. The Koigig pod on Off The Ball. In association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. I'm very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. Kathleen McNamee here and I am joined by Karen Duggan to reflect on Ireland's qualification for League A in the Nations League and what was a decidedly wet affair against Albania in that match on Tuesday. Um, I don't think I've ever seen rain like that or a pitch like that and I grew up in the west of Ireland so I'm well used to bad, bad weather. Karen did you manage to tune in for the whole thing, hour and a half? Basically the equivalent of another match. In, yeah, uh, I did. And as terrible as it was, it was kind of funny. I mean, um, the TikToks and everything you've seen on Twitter, like just kind of show how outrageous the conditions were. Yeah, like I say, I've never seen rain come down as sustained for that long. And the, the pitch did really well. Um to, to hold up like it should have been called earlier in the first half but the fact that they got it in a condition that it could be played in the second half yeah like the groundsmen were, were players of the match because you couldn't really pick any players out well I was talking to someone about this yesterday and Albania would have had to have played all of Ireland's costs if the match hadn't gone ahead so I reckon those groundsmen were told to work as hard as they could, hair dryers and all on the pitch to make sure that that didn't happen. Emma Carroll's giving me a face here because that was technically her line that I've just stolen, yeah. but uh, I'll give her a credit. Um, but yeah, like so I, I assume that was like a major motivating factor for them in terms of not putting it to a replay or not having it start up again. But that for, like we're so lucky in that first half that no one got injured or that, you know, there wasn't a bad tackle that went in or even just a player trying to kick a ball and missing it because it literally was not moving across the pitch. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think well done to both sides for not getting involved and kind of sliding around. You would have been very tempted to do that in those conditions. But also... um I, I understand why the Albanians would have wanted to do it. They got to half time at nil all as well. And for them to come away with a one nil loss, it, it really suited both sides. No one wanted to play that game again. Albania, obviously because of costs, because of possible implications, you would have thought that Ireland would have played better and possibly won by more. So for them to come away with a one nil loss is not a bad thing. And for Ireland to come away under those conditions with a one nil win will absolutely take it because no one wanted to play the next day. Everyone, they're long camps. You, you forget that they are long camps and everyone's mad to get home. And obviously you've got girls like Carusa and Farley who are involved in really important games this weekend with their clubs. So the sooner they can get back and get recovered, it, it was all very important to let that match just be what it was, be a 1-0 win and not analyse it too Deeply. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those matches that is going to go down in history as being iconic. Maybe not for the right reasons, but uh, it definitely was entertaining for a while once you got past the worry. And I also suppose there's a the thing when you have already played like 45 minutes in those sort of conditions, you're already wet, you're already cold, you're already in the mindset, you probably just want to get the thing over with and go ahead with it. 
Um, can you remember any particular games, Karen, that you might have played in either a club or a country level that kind of matched that in terms of conditions? Doesn't have to be rain necessarily, but yeah, nothing, nothing ever to that level that a game would have to be abandoned. Um, there was one day we played in Tala against. Iceland and I think we might have drawn maybe nil all and it was a really really bad bad game where there was very little football played and the reason I bring it up is that there was no football played was that'll tell you that there was no football played was that I got player of the match so <laughs> that'll tell you how bad the conditions were um, that, that that happened so that's the only one I can think of an international level I think back in the day in the league we would have played on boggier pitches and those games would have gone ahead there wouldn't have been the same scrutiny over pitch inspections um big wind games there's nothing worse really than when the weather dictates a game you always feel kind of hard done by if you're the team that is on the losing end of it you're like oh well under certain conditions blah 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 but then you don't want to be that team that makes excuses either so I'm glad we didn't have to make excuses about drawing with Albania we we stuck at it and that's the main thing and I think other positives that we can take apart from just sticking at it is the game time that people got over the course of the two games, the home and away leg. Um, I think that that was brilliant. It was something we were kind of calling for because we, when we go into League A, we probably will revert back to a very settled starting 11, probably a bit more defensive as well, but we still have to keep an eye on 2025 because we put ourselves in a fantastic position now to qualify for the Euros, um, guaranteeing ourselves basically a playoff against uh, a lower ranked nation so um, all positives we'll, we'll say all positives Yeah well I think it's the best outcome we could have asked for qualifying with two games left to go we still have those two games to as you say give players some time play around with formations a little bit see what the best partnerships that are there so that when there is maybe like a big moment and we need to, or if there's an injury or something and we need to call on players to come in, it's not a situation where, you know, they've never played in a certain partnership or in a certain formation before. Yeah, and I think you nailed it there. We we have an opportunity. The one thing we haven't done is change formation. So that's maybe something I'd love to see. I, I like Again, because we've qualified and we're now in League A, the results of the next two matches shouldn't be as scrutinised as you know, maybe they would have been before. We're already qualified. So now I don't mind if there's a bit of tinkering around with the, the formation, with the players um, and just see how we go. Is you there know, a particular formation that you'd like to see them maybe given a test into? Yeah, I, I think a 4-5-1 with Katie in a free role as a 10. Um, I don't see any harm in that. Just having, going back to a tradi- traditional number six um, Denise has an eight, Katie has a ten, and out and out wingers. And you know we've stuck to the back three, and they were really, really solid. But they're all centre backs. And um, what if we need actual full backs? Let's let's see what people can do in an actual full back position, um, as opposed to a wing back position. It's just something to think about. Obviously, it's a results business, and if this is the formation we're going to stick with going forward, all well and good, and getting players used to it, but. There's no harm in being a bit more adaptable. And I think that that's a little bit where we struggled against the bigger nations, obviously, in the World Cup is how do we go from, OK, we've done really well, but now we're 1-0 down. What do we do apart from just change the personnel? Is there anything tactically we can do? So I think there's scope for for trying it out even, even if it's in a if it's one half, even if it's bringing the girls and just practicing it in camp. Mm. Um, I think there's there's value to it. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting you say that because that was actually one of the things that I thought we might see at some stage over the last few international games. Um, but you are right to point out that, you know, up until this point, it, there was no absolute certainty in terms of qualification. So there's a lot more space now to actually try things. And also the fact that like the next game will play Hungary and Tala and then it's Windsor Park and Belfast. So, you know, there's not a mad amount of travel or anything involved in those games. It gives a little bit more space in terms of the team preparations. So, yeah, it will be interesting. I, I know Eileen is a fan of the podcast, so maybe if she's listening in, she can give us a little bit Hi. of a... Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about. Yeah, exactly. She can give like a thumbs up to the TV country in uh, Tala if she does switch to that. <laughs> you can just wave back. Um, so apart from like we were kind of saying when we were discussing what we would talk about coming into this game, it's really hard to discuss the game on Tuesday because of the conditions. But was there anything that you saw maybe more so in the second half when things settled down a little bit that you thought was positive or that you thought was negative apart from like the time that certain players got? Um, even in the first half, I thought it was interesting to see Sinead Farley in a deeper line midfield role. Um, I think she's a good person who can pick up spaces deeper and would be a really good option in there as well if she has someone who has like a lot of legs in beside her. Because again, it allows us to get more attacking people um, on the pitch, which is only a positive thing. So I thought that that was good to see. Um, I think it's a really good option there if we don't want to play two out and out sixes and we want someone um, who's a bit more creative, someone like what Rusha Littlejohn would have done when, when she wasn't injured. Um, then second half, I guess, the girls were a lot more direct. It was about getting balls in the box. Um, I think we can still get a few more people committed to those attacks, but um I thought Izzy Atkinson made a big difference when she came on and um, her directness, she she stood up the the fullback very well and went at them and got those those whipped crosses into the box. Um, and I think when we have someone like Kira up front that we'll start converting more and more of them when we get more bodies forward. And then, of course, Denise was the person who stepped up again. You know, we, it was all about Katie and Tala. Obviously, three goals and two assists, but... Uh, she's not the only superstar on the team. We still have Denise and Denise proved that again. She was so lively. She, she said herself after the match, she had another couple of chances, but it's because she gets herself in those positions. So again, another positive is having her higher up the pitch so that she can affect the game in those ways. Um, and then just the, the game time that, that people got, it was, you know, great to see Abby Larkin. Um, she doesn't look at all out of place there and I thought Erin McLaughlin particularly in the first game when she came on she got on a lot of ball it was obviously more difficult in the conditions in the second game with the first game again really impressed and I, I thought it was great that Eileen was willing to do that you know because it'd be easy for her to just sit back and let the goals rack up and not change anything and say oh I have 100% success rate as manager which she already has but um, she's also helping put these girls in a position where they're getting experience and also where the new manager comes in and they can actually analyze it, them in an international setup. So that's important for whoever comes in as well, that they have this bank of uh, material that they can work from and and hit the ground running with with mm. these girls or hopefully with this squad, because I think that they are they are building something there. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Erin because when I saw the team sheet on Tuesday, I was like, there we have it. First talking point for Koi Gig, sorted yeah. with Kai. <laughs> Number well, one I think fan. As well, it is important because 
like there is still so much effort going on in this league and it's particularly for the age group I think between under 19 and and 22 when girls can still develop and there's still value in bringing through some girls from our league I understand that you want everyone to be professional but they will go professional but sometimes you want them to be and nearly an established international so that they're ready to take on that professional lifestyle and it will work both ways that they'll come back from the pro ranks uh, into the international team and proven as well so I think it's important that it's noted that it's brilliant that we got someone from the league in the team and obviously Abby has just left she's um, in Glasgow now but again strong representatives of people who've who've been in the League of Ireland this year yeah, definitely. Very, very important. And important that, you know, the younger ages as well can see the league as a pathway, at no matter what age that is. As you yeah, know. That's what it is. It, it's a development pathway. We know that now that we're providing for these pro teams, but that's OK, as long as we're still providing for the international team as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's interesting you say about, you know, Abby Larkin not looking out of place at all in that team. I interviewed her last Monday um, before the game started and even just her personality, her attitude is completely different to how I seen her before the World Cup. You know, like I remember I had said a couple of times that I thought there was still some kind of maturing and like comfort on the pitch to do with her in terms of the international team. And then she like performed at the World Cup and like was really great. And since then, it's just like she used to be quite shy when you interviewed her, whereas now there's like the little cheekiness that I'm sure she probably shows around camp. That's actually coming out with people like me asking her questions. And that's great to see because it's only going to be reflected on the pitch as well. And I think you know, she was saying herself that she was almost a little bit surprised at how smoothly Glasgow had gone for her so far, having never lived away from home. And, you know, there's a big transition to make for any person at any age. Um, so, yeah, hopefully she can keep going from strength to strength and keep that developing group of young players coming through because there's a really exciting crop of young players there and a lot of them have had unfortunate injuries over the last year So, and with the World Cup as well you can understand to an extent why it went maybe towards more experience than the youth side of things but looking ahead to 2025 they're all going to be like peaking around that sort of time all going well. Yeah, you've got Jess Sue still to come back in. Um, reading today that Leanne Kiernan is is hopefully get, going to get back in some minutes soon. So again, big players for us probably in 2025. Ellen Malloy is still to come back. Um, hopefully she'll regain full fitness and put herself in the mix. Tara Hanlon. So yes, these are very, very young players now, but in two years' time, if we can give them a little bit of experience between now, you'll see the development in their game and it, like you say, with Abby, confidence can do a lot for someone's game. You know, football is a confidence game. You could be the best player in the world, but if you let your nerves get to you, then you won't perform. But if you can get rid of that, and that comes with experience. So the, again, the last two games of this, I'd like to see more and more of it. And um, it's been brilliant. You mentioned Leanne Keenan there. So Matt Beard confirmed today in his Liverpool column that she has completed her first full week of training. So hopefully we will see her back on the pitch very soon. And he also said that Nifa is back on the pitch, but not back fully integrated in training with uh, different players that they're going to wait a week or two before full integration because this is the third time she's had this calf injury and they don't want to rush her back. So probably 
a little bit more time before we see her back in the pitch, but hopefully uh, there are no other setbacks. Um, just in terms of like the general international window that we've just seen, obviously great one for us, very successful. Tough one for England. And there's the interesting situation now where they go to play Scotland and if Scotland beat them, that means their Olympic qualification on the rocks. But it also means because they play under Team GB that Scotland are basically making sure that they themselves may not appear. Now, there's always been controversy in the sense that Team GB is generally led by the England manager and a lot of the Scottish players don't get in. You know, you kind of you have to be really, really good to get in. And there's a bit of a ploy towards the English players. But how do you mentally like prepare yourself if you're a Scottish player going into that situation? Like, is it just concentrate on the game in front of you or is it? Yeah, everyone wants to beat England. That's all the motivation that you need. Um, I don't think they'll think of anything else, only the fact that they can now beat England because looking at Belgium, they'll say England are they're, they're a team that can be beaten now. They don't have the same aura that they did after the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that can do a lot for an, an underdog, you know, um, that they have that little bit of belief. But just to touch on England, I thought Belgium were brilliant. They were and so good look at the development from the time we played them in a friendly a couple of years ago to now. And I think it's something that we can definitely look at because what they did is they were brilliant defensively. They were really, really solid. I know they conceded a couple of goals, but they were really solid defensively. But their counter-attack was so impressive. Um, And I think that that's something we can certainly look at emulating in a way. Because, yeah, we have that discipline, but then it's the next level. We keep talking about what the next level is. And I think Belgium, I haven't watched that much of them, but the results they've gotten that League A and watched them against England. I think let's take their blueprint and whatever they're doing because they were brilliant to watch. And it wasn't just from an attacking point of view. They were brilliant to watch defensively Mm. and in the transitions. And I just found it, I kind of found it exciting because I was like, we can do that. Yeah. They've yeah. definitely, I think, especially in the year and a bit since the Euros have come on so much, because I went to see them play England in Wolverhampton just before the Euros started. And it was a difficult watch. Like, there was no pace around the team. They were kind of surviving because they had a fairly decent um, defensive system. And also, Nicky Everard was, like, basically keeping them in the game. But then they appeared in the Euros and they put in some really good performances. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know where this team is at. And I suppose since then, you know, if you look at their lineup, I mean, there's players like Decagny, Cayman, Van Haverman. You know, these are relatively, like, well, as well, these are all becoming kind of fairly well-known names. So it's interesting that that's now translating to them in the national side, especially when they have that history against England of never performing all that well against them. Um, yeah, I, they, they've developed some radio players. And again, it can, I think it's exciting because it shows what a big tournament experience can do for them. Like I said, they had the Euros and we're hoping that we will have that and we can continue to impress. And also looking at our under-19s, they were beaten by Belgium this year. So the work is going in at underage as well um, there. And it's not surprising that it's coming off the back. You know, their men's team is number one in the world. So maybe the women's team are starting to reap some of the rewards of that um, financially and investment-wise. But um yeah, I think there's 
they're good they're a good side and a side that I would look forward to watching again outside of the traditional Germany France England Japan America yeah definitely and again that's the great thing about having the opportunity to watch more of these games and watch more of these different teams you get more excited for different games you know you're not just depending on the ones that you see all the time in the WSL or maybe even the NWSL a lot like a lot of the Belgian players would play lower league frown Bundesliga but also that has always been one of the biggest leagues in Europe it's just kind of lost a little bit of attention I think over the last while because of the fact that there's been other leagues coming up through the ranks although interestingly there was a report today to say that viewing figure ships for the first few weeks of the WSL are down like 20% across some places this year which I thought was really surprising because I thought Obviously, they saw the bump after the Euros and the World Cup last year, but I would have thought that there would be the same sort of bump again after the World Cup. And the fact that England got to the final, like the figures were coming from England, like it was like across BBC and Sky. Um, so, I th- But that, I thought that was an interesting trend. I was like, I wonder, was it the home effect last year that did it or... Like, where it's not as many people watching the World Cup yeah, because of the times. Is it the kind of thing that they're getting the attendances now? So the people who maybe would have sat mm. at home are now going to the matches. Um, maybe there's just a bit of payoff there as well. But yeah, that is that is very interesting because I would have thought that it was just completely going to be an upward trajectory from there. Yeah, that's a good point actually about the attendances because I think if you look at, say, like the ones that Arsenal are pulling in, I mean, it's pretty impressive and that's com- happening a lot more regularly. So maybe that is that. Um, I don't think it went into the whys in the article that I read anyways. So overall, in terms of an international window, are we reflecting on this as positive? I know Louise Quinn was chatting to her after the game on Friday in Tala and she was really, really annoyed that we conceded a goal at all and it very much seemed to me like the team were going out to say okay we want to win we want to qualify but also we don't want to concede a single goal she said she went in at half time and gave everyone the hairdryer treatment which said she doesn't do too often and that she was really disappointed in how they were playing so there's definitely a lot of self-criticism in that team which is good that they're pushing yeah I think that's nearly a positive as well because if it was too easy um we we could tend to get laxer a little bit complacent and we don't want to do that. Um, Albania had a couple of decent players. Their number 10 and number 11, I thought were mm-hmm. decent. And the goal we conceded was, it was, it was really bad. We had 10 players behind the ball, yet none of them were marking the goal scorer. Um, so that comes from communication. It comes from, you know, just getting to know each other better. And it's an area of improvement. So it's something that can be focused on in the next camp. And, they need to continue improving. This isn't just because we qualified for League A. Where when you switched over between, obviously the Albania game didn't run smoothly, but when you switched over between that game to the England-Belgium game, there was a notable change in quality and pace of the play. And that's something we're going to have to get up to. So there's a lot of improvement to be doing, but I think we have to take the positives out of this. And that is development. And that is girls playing with a smile on their faces and this is a new chapter and we have to try and not be too critical because the girls need time to adapt to not only a new way of playing, but a new way of thinking. They have to, I think I said it on RT the other day, they have to unlearn a little bit of what was there before and take away a little bit of the fear factor that they have. Uh, and that takes time. And I think they've done very well given where they came from to now to be in a good headspace to go out and put in 
good performances where they're being brave and they're being confident and still self-critical because they mm. want to be better. I think that that's important to always have that in a team. Oh, look, I am more than happy to sit back and just enjoy watching us score goals and talk about how great it is and how we're the best team on the planet. I was like, we haven't had half enough of that over the last year in particular. I think until maybe like January, we could kind of enjoy it. And then since January, it was a bit of a, a, a mixed... Mixed emotions, mixed show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so for now, more than happy to enjoy Katie McCabe, Hattricks, and General Kira Caruso, Brilliance, Denise O'Sullivan, whoever it is. We will enjoy it until we get to Ligue and then reality hits us a little bit more. Um, quick prediction for the weekend. Arsenal City, one of the biggest games of the season, especially considering how Arsenal have been playing and how City have been playing so far. Who do you think is going to come out on top in this one? I think City should. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if City should. If they don't, it could be a turning point in the season for Arsenal, um, which I know you'd love to see. But for me, they're they're not they're bubbling, but they're not quite there. Mm-hmm. And I think if they don't win, it it'll it's going to be very very difficult for them to challenge for the title. And it shows that City are back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, based on form so far, it's Man City. How big is the Alex Greenwood injury going to be for City? She obviously was taken off the pitch with a fairly serious concussion. So I think it'll be a while before we see her back again. Yeah, I think it, I think City have quality to come into that position. It's just the leadership that she that she brings to the team and the kind of she's a very settling, you know, kind of player. Mm-hmm. She's like calm on the ball and stuff like that. So um, she will be a big loss in terms of the way she kind of has the team around her playing but I do think City have enough on the bench to to plug the gap Very good well we will be back to our regular programming with all the action from the WSL next Tuesday but for now Karen thank you very much for joining me I hope you get to bask in the glow of those games a little, for a little bit longer until United play at the weekend anyways <laughs> The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball is in association with Cabri, official snack partner to Republic of Ireland women's national team. As I said, we will be back in New Year's next Tuesday. If you have anything that you want to get into us about, whether that's the WSL at the weekend or how the international team has performed over the last couple of weeks, please do get them into us at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter. We're always checking things there and we will see you all next week. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team.